Thank you for joining us today for the Conform to Christ podcast, where we aim to engage the mind, affect the heart, and call people to follow Christ. My name is George Mays, and here with me is Jay Jones. Good morning. How's it going? Uh, here we are, Text Driven Tuesday. Here we are. The Tuesday after Easter. Mm-hmm. Did you have a good Easter? Yeah, I did. I did. What'd you, uh, what'd you guys do? We went home after church and took a nap, and that was glorious. Okay. Because it doesn't always happen, you know? The uh, the baby. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, uh... Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't always happen. And uh, then we went over and had Easter, uh, some dinner with... Um, I don't know if it's technically Easter dinner. We had steaks. Does that count? It's usually like ham. Hey. Is it usually Easter ham? Everybody it's has usually, ham. It's usually ham, but uh Everybody hey, celebrates steak they is... Can, they can celebrate now that they can steak eat Steak is they all can right. Eat pork. Yeah. We can <laughs> eat pork is, now. Yeah. Christ has made all foods clean right. and we can eat it, but yeah, we had steak. Hey, that's <laughs> that's all right. Yeah. Didn't invite me over. No. No, no. But you had a good time, right? It was good. Yeah. Uh had some of the had some of the um military, short term military folk over. Yeah. Um I just want to extend hospitality to them. They don't have family in town. Don't want them to just spend Easter alone. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, we had had a good group over and had a good time talking and yeah. It's good, man. Very good. Good stuff. Uh, well, Jay, I had to mow my yard for the first time this weekend, this last weekend. Yeah. It's that time. It's that, it's it's that, that time. time of the year. Yeah. It's, uh, have you mowed yet? I did. Maybe. Yeah. I already, I need to mow again. And, oh, really? and unfor- unfortunately, <clears throat> this time in Oklahoma, what people don't realize is they don't live here. Other, you know, other parts of the country, the wind doesn't blow. Yeah. Did you know that? It's, yeah. a, it's so odd and strange. It feels so weird. But it always blows here like 20 miles an hour. Like today, the wind's blowing 20 miles an hour. <laughs> and um, since we live kind of in a, a grassy prairie place, yep, the pollen and oh, stuff yeah. is through the roof. Oh, it was. Through the roof, You could man. see it. On, That's the worst uh, part of mowing. See, you could see it in my street. Mm-hmm. It's just all in the street. People people can't grasp it. Like if they haven't lived here, mm-hmm. how bad allergies are yeah. in Oklahoma. It's insane. I, I'm surprised that I'm as as okay today as as I am because I mowed Saturday. I guess yeah, Saturday morning, and I usually am am toast yeah. by the afternoon. But you gotta I'm, get you a I'm, face mask. You wear a face right. mask when you mow. No. Well, I I'd, I'd advise it. Would you? Yeah, I would. would you? Yeah, I would. It's better than getting bombarded by yeah all that stuff. We're so. in a drought right now. Yeah. Did you know that? I didn't know that, but I yeah. have appreciated it not raining out baseball games. Yeah, it's um, it. We're in a drought right now. Mm. Uh, high fire warnings. So I don't know. Yeah, maybe your grass won't grow as maybe as not. quickly. So uh, since it's Easter, did you see, remember the thing I sent you? I sent you something special last night. <laughs> it was special. I just got done preaching this Easter sermon where I'm like, yeah, all right, I'm going all in to give mm-hmm. people hope in a time of despair when people right. feel hopeless. I'm going to go all in from yeah. 1 Corinthians 15 and talk about why it's so significant that Christ raised from the dead. Right. <laughs> this dude... 
Reverend Raphael Warnock. He's also a senator. Is the senator, yeah. Senator Raphael Warnock. From Georgia. He's the new uh, senator, the one that he won the runoff. Yes. Um, yeah, we've he's, uh, we talked about oh, him have. on here, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, he's liberal. Oh yeah, progressive, <laughs> uh, not just in his politics, but also in his theology. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the pastor of uh, Ebenezer. Ebenezer, Baptist, yeah, right? where Martin Luther King Jr. was. Yeah, this this man tweets this out: the meaning of Easter is more transcendent than the resurrection of Jesus. Whether you are a Christian or not. Through a commitment to helping others, we are able to save ourselves. <laughs> can you believe? Can you believe it? And here, here's what I can, I can believe it. Actually, <laughs> unfortunately, I can believe that. Yep, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's unbelievable. <laughs> so it, Easter, how Easter transcends the resurrection. Yeah, yeah. Transcend means it's like above it or right. So there's more. There's more. more. To, there's more to Easter than yeah. simply the resurrection. Yeah. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> yeah. Like what? Well, he's just made. What just else? Up. Right. It sounds. I mean, if you yeah. just if you're already if you're already on board with him, if you're already a fan of his, if you already believe, you know, stuff like this, you're yeah. you're already. Um, Making the resurrection less important, then you're going to read that and you're going to be like, "Oh, this is this is profound. I agree with this." But if you really stop and think, "All right, Easter transcends the resurrection," you just have to stop and ask yourself, "What what does that even mean? Yeah. What what else? What else is there? Yeah. Like, what do you what do you mean? It transcends the resurrection. What what else are you are you celebrating Easter for? Yeah. And then what was the second part? Um. Whether you're a Christian or not, through commitment to helping others, we can save ourselves. We can save ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Save ourselves from what? What well, are we saving ourselves from? Uh, you mean for him, it'd probably be like uh, injustice and mm-hmm. oppression, but also, I mean, it, it, because it's on Easter, it has to mean something about good works and right. God accepting our accepting our work, our earthly work to well justify. I, well, I also I also wonder if he's. I'm sure. I mean, I, I I haven't I haven't done my my research on this guy, but I'm I would bet money that he buys into liberation theology. Oh, for sure, he's he's uh, educated and, at uh, and, Union, and so Jesus's death was not. It's not a vicarious atonement. It's not substitutionary. Right. It's he's a victim of oppression. So so I like the like the the first, the second tweet. The first one's of someone who's not religious at all, and he says, I like your values. <laughs> oh, of course, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> right. if you actually say what Easter is about... Read the second one, the, though. It's a, the resurrection of the yeah. dead. It's an indictment on humanity. Right. Then it wouldn't like his values. Right. But the, read, se- read the, the second se- one the, is even better. Read the second one. <laughs> second tweet. I'm an atheist who is totally on board with right. this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If an atheist can be totally on board with what you're saying about Easter... Uh-huh. There's some big problems, big big problems. So I haven't done I haven't done any research into this, but I have heard this um, from trusted sources mm. that Martin Luther King Jr. denied the resurrection. Okay, yeah. Have you heard that? Um, yes, I've heard that, and I believe I, he wrote a paper on it, didn't he? Yeah. Didn't he? Didn't he write like his 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 dissertation? On this, I'd, I maybe I looked up a paper he wrote. Okay, um, 
because in my ethics class, we were reading his letter from Birmingham okay. jail. And so, you know, just talk about the ethics, what was going on there, but also to see if we could, through that letter he wrote, try to discern his theology. His theology, okay. And so um, if you paid careful attention, you were able to, because he refers to the uh, uh, Jesus having the Christ consciousness, uh, okay, which is yeah. alarm bells should go off on your head, right? Right, you know, flashing red lights, mm-hmm. progressive Christianity. Right. So I went and looked up, tried to look <clears throat> this up. Anyone can look it up. You can find some of his papers are available. Okay, um, he did deny that Jesus was. I mean, he wouldn't say Jesus is who we says who we say he is. That he is the eternal mm-hmm. second person of the Trinity. Okay, the Word made flesh. God among us. They'd say he just had a messianic consciousness, okay. a Christ consciousness, but okay. not that he, in fact, is God. Okay. So what Warnick is, is saying at his church would already have probably been I I, I stated. Assume, I would assume that there's some type of liberalism there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well... But after coming off off of the sermon <laughs> right. that I preached, I read it and I'm like about right. to take my phone and throw it into the wall. <laughs> then I was like, "No, that's your, well, your phone. Your well, phone didn't have anything." You know, to do we with should this. we should um, we should expect this from liberal theologians. Yeah, um, it, there's nothing new. Right, there's nothing new under the sun, and we'll we'll get into this a little bit as we go through the sermon. There's really not. I mean, that's the, I started the sermon with asking the question: What if Jesus has not been raised from the dead? Right, right. That's, and then I used well, Jay, Sproul. Remember, I well, used Jay, well, Jay. Easter transcends the resurrection, <laughs> yeah. so we don't have to we don't have to ask those questions. Yeah. Then I talked about Sproul. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This was um, this was from his his biography that just yeah. was was released. Stephen Nichols wrote this biography of of R. C. Sproul's life. And um, you, you should, yeah. Have you read it? Yet? I haven't read it you, yet. You should read it. I'm not a huge fan of Stephen Nichols' writing, um, but his his closeness to R.C. Sproul really makes this book um, a good read. Okay. Um, yeah. So R.C. Sproul, he um, he grew up in a liberal Presbyterian church, mm-hmm. and he became a Christian um, when he was in college. Um, apart from the the apart from the church he, right he he uh he became a christian in college when he heard the gospel for the first time yeah or maybe not for the first time <laughs> right. but when he began to hear the gospel right. which right. is in- crazy right yeah um and uh he he went back and told his pastor at this liberal presbyterian church that he'd been converted yeah and <laughs> i mean we growing up in conservative churches um, it, it's hard to fathom what this guy said to R.C. Sproul. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, it is wild. It is. And it's crazy. It's All right. Crazy. So, what did he say? Well, the, you've got you've got a young man. He's been converted. He now says that he's he's born again. He's a Christian, and he comes. He's excited. And what do you? What does his pastor say to him? This guy says, "If you believe in the physical." Resurrection of Jesus, you are a fool. <laughs> That's what he says. Good night. Oh. That's just right in line with uh, Warnock, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I can't I can't even imagine what what RC's face looked like at that moment. Like yeah. what what do you say to that? How do you respond to that? So he had a lifelong um disdain. Yeah. For progressive Christianity. Oh, yeah. R.C. Sproul did. He grew, of, he grew up in it. Because of how he grew up yeah, in it. Yeah, he grew up in it. Yeah. And then he was surrounded by it at a seminary. Yeah. Yeah, he went to a liberal seminary. Yeah. Yep. 
Um, so your sermon yesterday on Sunday, it was um, it was a break from John seventeen. You mm-hmm. you did an Easter sermon on First Corinthians fifteen, mm-hmm. and um, it's a long. It's a long one. What, it's a long 50, chapter. 58, 58 yeah, it's verses. It's very long, yeah. Um, I had to read the whole thing for the scripture reading. You did. How long? I should have timed that thing. It didn't take that long. Um, it really didn't. Yeah. Um, so we're not we're not going to read the, the entire chapter, or that would be the be our podcast, right? I think it takes some time, yeah. Um, but uh, maybe summarize it. Maybe give us the the context and the background to it, and okay. then we'll jump into what what you you did with it. Yeah. So there, uh, the Corinthian church has a ton of problems, ton of issues, right? <laughs> yeah. You read it, and you're like, this church is crazy, man. Not a church that Imagine. you probably would visit a yeah. second time, right? Well, yeah. And so he addresses those, and most of the the one the other issues he addresses you, you kind of need to read more than one chapter you read you know through it and you can kind of get how he's addressing it and things but first Corinthians 15 you could like take it as it on its own yeah. like as a dissertation argument and the issue is some people in the Corinthian church are denying that God raises the dead like they they don't believe God raises the dead they're denying resurrection yeah and this this may be the heart of the Corinthian problem because if you deny the resurrection, then the sexual immorality, the fighting, all of that, like that makes sense. Right. Because, hey, it doesn't matter. We're, we're, when we die, we die anyway. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So they, you know, more than likely are being influenced by the culture around them. And uh, the Epicurean thought there was, you know, kind of divisions in that, but they kind of thought, well, when you die, you just are gone. Mm-hmm. Your life is over. You're eradicated. You just cease to exist. Some believed that you would, maybe this is the beginning of some Gnostic <clears throat> thought, but they believed that you would shed this body like a shell yeah. and become your true form, like a spirit form. And so you leave this body behind and you become the spirit form. And that's, you know, that's what people believe today, isn't it? Right. People still believe that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a, there's nothing new under the sun. Yeah, yeah. People either believe that when you die, you die, and you're gone forever. That would be, you know, you're atheist. Yep. You know, if you believe in Darwinian evolution, we came from nothing. We're going to nothing. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, even some religions teach that. I mean, that's what Hinduism mm-hmm. holds to. They they don't hold to a heaven like we would. That they believe that you eventually become part of the nothing. Yeah, you're just absorbed into nothing. Uh, or you uh, you just have a spiritual, you you continue to live in a spiritual form, mm-hmm. yeah. and you you talked about yeah. People always say heaven got a new angel, right. <laughs> and uh, they earn their wings. And yeah, yeah. that I think that that is one of the reasons why people, um, I think people get bored with with Christianity mm-hmm. because they're hearing a deficient Christianity. Yeah. You you've got the picture of people living in on clouds playing harps, you know they're dressed in robes and they have angel wings and like this is boring, yeah. right? Yeah, it is boring. That's not the that's not the story. <laughs> that's not the Christian story. The Christian story isn't we're just going to spend the rest of eternity hanging out on clouds playing harps. That's that's not. That's not the end of the story. The end of the story is resurrection. Yeah. Right. And everything that that, that entails. Yeah. Um, so, um, 
we want to talk about the implications yeah, of yeah. resurrection, right? Yeah. That, that's what 1 Corinthians 15 is all about, right? That's what it's all about. Yeah, so he, this is the issue, and he starts off by reminding them of the gospel, and so that's the first part. That's how he starts his argument. I want to remind you of what I preached to you, what I thought you believed, mm-hmm. unless you believed in vain. And he goes on to tell them, um, I preached to you that Christ died for sinners. Right? He died for sin. Right. Like he was crucified on our behalf. This isn't some moral person. Like this isn't just a moral example. Christ died a death, a propitiation, a propitiatory death. Is that a word? It's hard to say it. <laughs> yeah. He uh, he didn't die for his own sins. He died for our sins. Right. And then he says that happened according to scriptures. That's what the Old Testament tells us will happen. And then they he was buried, and that's important because that means he actually really died. Yeah. It's really dumb arguments today. People say he swooned on the cross. Uh-huh. It's probably my one that I just laugh at the most. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. <laughs> he just passed out. Yeah. Uh, his the way he was beaten before mm-hmm. sometimes that killed people. He was already on his way to death. Yeah, before he was nailed to the cross. Yep, and uh, and these are professional executioners. They're Roman. These Roman soldiers had probably crucified mm-hmm. hundreds, if not thousands, of people. Um, and the, they, the uh, way the way that crucifixion actually works is that you die from suffocation. Mm-hmm. So the reason why you're you can stay alive is you you're pulling yourself up so you can take a breath. Mm-hmm. So if he had passed out, if he'd swooned, that he's dead anyway, because now you're you're slumped over and you, you suffocate. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know their their job is to ensure that they they are the end of um, they're executing criminals. Mm-hmm. They're not, and so if they are deficient at their job, right? You know, they're not just going to be in like a little trouble. Yeah, they may find themselves in the same place. Right. So they make they know people are dead, and so right. he is and, dead. And they, you've got you. You also have the spear being thrust into his side. Yeah. Like there's you don't you don't walk away from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they put him in a, in a tomb. Mm-hmm. That means he actually died. Yeah. Um, and there he stayed three days, and then he but then then he tells them, but he rose again yeah. on the third day, according to scriptures. He came back to life, and he says, and he was seen by people. He appeared to Peter, the 12, to James, to 500, um, and he probably says that, you know, so you could go ask him if you want to. Yeah. Like, if you're curious, go talk to him. And then he appeared to me as one untimely born, and then he reminds them of how this gospel transforms people. He was a persecutor of the church, but by God's grace, he says, I am what I am. And I am the one who brought you this gospel. I preached it to you, someone who's been transformed by it. And I thought you believed it. That's how he starts the whole argument. But then he says that um, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, verse 12, how can some of you say there's no resurrection of the dead? I thought you believed this gospel, which contains a resurrection, but you're saying there's no resurrection. Then he goes on to list the implications of that. Yeah. And they get really bad. Yeah. Now, this is all just a lie anyway, right, Jake? Didn't the disciples just scare off the Roman guards and mm. steal his body? Yeah. I mean, that's... That's <laughs> another one that's, like, so crazy to me. Okay. Just sit to picture it in your mind. These are the best fighters on the face of the earth. Right. They've perfected the art of warfare. Mm-hmm. Like, for real. You got these guards stationed around this tomb with the Roman seal on it. Yeah. No one's breaking that. Or yeah. they're going to die. Right. Like death sentence. 
And then you have this ragtag group of guys that are cowards. They've already run away once. <laughs> People propose that these guys took on the Roman guards yeah. and stole Jesus' body. <laughs> and they were so embarrassed by it, they just said they fell asleep. Yeah. It's the dumbest thing. It's the dumbest story ever. It'd yeah. be like stationing uh, military soldiers from our military in full battle rattle, right. armor, their armor and everything, with their weapons and telling them, um, guard this, don't let anybody in here, and then having some dudes with some Glocks roll up on them <laughs> and take them by force. Yeah. Well, it's, and it's Ma- so silly. And Matthew even tells us that they, the religious leaders, they bribed the guards to, 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 lie. to lie and say that the disciples came and, and stole the body. Yeah. Like they... The, the Roman guards, they, they had been struck to the ground by an angel, yeah. and uh, they come and tell the religious leaders, and they, they bribe them, tell, tell, the, tell the people that the disciples stole yeah. the body. Yeah. I, I think the most ridiculous one is that uh, they went to the wrong tomb, yeah. that they forgot which tomb he'd been. <laughs> so, he'd been. <laughs> so crazy. Hey, here's a guy. He says he's going to raise from the dead. Yeah. Then... Uh, Three days later, they go to see, did it actually happen? Yeah. And they went to the wrong tomb. They went to the okay. wrong tomb. They right. forgot that it was sealed and that there were guards surrounding it. They, you know. <laughs> so stupid. I, I you know, um, the resurrection is undeniable. Mm. Um, I, I was just thinking about it on Sunday morning. What would, what would it take for thousands of religious Jews to suddenly change the day on which they worshiped? Like they they would always worship on the Sabbath on Saturday, yeah. and now all of a sudden they're they're worshiping on Sunday. What would possibly convince them that they needed to change the day? Yeah, it's because Christ rose from the dead, right? Um, why, what would suddenly change these these religious Jews? Like these aren't these aren't just non-religious people. These aren't just pagans that are that are willing to believe anything. These are devoted dedicated, zealous Jews, and all of a sudden they're, they're completely changed and they're worshiping Jesus as the Messiah. Like, what, what could possibly have happened? Some of them are members of the Sanhedrin. Yeah, I mean, it, the existence of the church is, is evidence that Jesus rose from the dead. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's really no explanation for why these people who were with Jesus and they ran away when he was arrested, now they're going to be run run out of town, stoned, imprisoned, uh, and ultimately most of them are are murdered for for believing that Jesus is the Messiah. There's no way that they're so devoted to a lie yeah. that, that they're willing to be hung on a cross. <clears throat> It's um, hard for, for, us, for something that they know this isn't true. It's hard for us to picture the reality, right? But put yourself in their shoes, right? <clears throat> All of your hopes and dreams just died on a cross. Yeah. And then three days later, he's alive. He's like, I, I told you it was going to happen. Yeah. I told you I'd beat death and conquer death. And uh, there he is in the flesh. You touch him. Yep. And you're like, death, the most final thing in the universe, right? That which takes every man, and that which you can threaten people with, right. do this or I'll kill you. Mm-hmm. Don't do this or I'll kill you, or I'll kill your whole family. Okay, you just, he's here, he's beat death, and he tells you, I'll raise you from the dead. Yeah. Now the Romans threaten 
the disciples or the religious leaders, don't preach the gospel or we'll kill you. Yeah. Like, you just took away all of the fear <laughs> of anything that right. any person could ever have. Yeah. Like, I just saw him. I don't care. <laughs> like, you, you can't threaten me with that anymore. Yeah. That explains the bravery mm-hmm. that they had. Right. Yeah, this isn't something that they're they're just making up. Right. And you brought it up in the at the beginning of the sermon. Um, you know, a lot of people they look at the the disciples of the first century and they think these uneducated fishermen. Right. Like we know that people don't come back from the dead, right. but but they're willing to just believe anything. Yeah. Nobody believed that. Right. And and I, I didn't bring this up, but it's it's interesting to read some of the stuff in the backgrounds. Um, the the Greek philosophers talked about this. Like mm-hmm. Zeus can do anything. Uh-huh. They'd, they'd say he can do anything. Yeah. What what can Zeus not do, George? Oh, really? I didn't know that. He Zeus cannot raise someone raise from, from the him. dead. Hmm. I didn't know that. Interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Yeah. Because they saw that. Yeah. That. Right. Everyone dies <laughs> and no one comes back. Right. Death is incredibly powerful. Yeah. And so they said Zeus can't raise someone from the dead. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so these aren't these aren't just these uneducated people that, uh, when someone tells them that that Jesus rose from the dead, they just believe right. it. Yeah. They know that people don't come back from the dead. So the the reason why they believe that he rose from the dead is that he rose from the dead and he actually appeared to them. They actually mm-hmm. saw him alive, yeah. and they knew it was him. Right. It wasn't some uh, it wasn't some look alike. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it wasn't mass mass hallucin- hallucination. You've heard right. that. that I have, excuse. Yeah. <laughs> mass hallucination. All the all the excuses, all the reasons why Jesus couldn't have been raised from the dead, uh, they're just ridiculous. They they don't make any sense. It's <clears throat> grasping at straws, right? Trying to avoid the reality that Jesus did rise from the dead, mm-hmm. right? Um, oh, okay. So let's get into the sermon. We we don't have. We can't just like re-preach it right um so maybe hit on some of the the bigger ones okay um so what you did is you 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 walk through first corinthians 15 and you gave implications for um if if jesus didn't rise from the dead he here are the things that are necessarily true mm-hmm. i mean you gave 13 of them um and uh i think this is important because the way that a lot of people read their Bibles is as if Jesus is just another character and the resurrection is just another event in the Bible. So you've got Noah and the ark, you've got the Exodus and the parting of the Red Sea, and you've got Daniel in the lion's den, and oh, you've got Jesus dying on the cross and being raised from the dead, and it's just another story. But what we know from what Jesus and the apostles teach is that this is central. This this is the story. Right. So every other story is it it orbits this one primary story. Yeah. And so the resurrection is not just one story that we we talk about one Sunday of of the year mm-hmm. on Easter. It is the story. And if it's not true, then none of the other stories matter. Yeah, that's right. Um, so we have these implications that Paul is, is bringing out mm-hmm. um, for if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, here's the things that are true. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you did it on purpose, but you did 13. Yeah. That's an unlucky number, Jay. That's right. Did you do that on purpose? I didn't do it on okay. purpose. Well, no, it's, no. you know, it just happens to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fall that way. Yeah, I did 13, and then I did 7 if he is. Uh-huh. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> 
All right, so let's walk through these. Let's walk through these implications. So the first implication that you gave, if Jesus, if there is no resurrection, then Jesus is dead. Yeah. He's, he's dead. He's just dead. Yeah. So if, if there's no resurrection, then Jesus is not the exception. Right. Right. And, and Paul brings that out. He says, if, if there is no resurrection from the dead, um, then Christ hasn't been raised. Yep. Um, now, liberal theologians, progressive Christians, they that's try, what they, they believe. They try to get around this. Yeah. Right. Um, and this is what kind of what Warnock is, is yeah. getting at that, that, Easter transcends the resurrection. So they like to say things like, well, Jesus is is still alive in our hearts. Yes, yeah, Jesus is raised in our hearts. Uh-huh. So whenever we whenever we we are kind to each other, whenever we do good works, we are we're showing that that Jesus is still alive in the way that we live. Yeah. And what they mean is like his ethics. Yeah. So if you be a good if you're a good person, then then Jesus is still alive. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that, you've hit it. You yeah. got it. Um, you got it, it nailed. This is you know the song, and I saw. I, it was one of those times when I wanted to write something on Facebook, and I was like, I better not, <laughs> <laughs> because i I don't want to, I don't want to to come across like I'm going after people. Right. Like I'm trying to be that that guy, like some kind of snarky jerk. Yeah. Right. So I'll just be a snarky jerk on the podcast okay. instead. <laughs> you know the song. He lives, right? Yeah. He yeah. lives, he lives. You ask me how I know no, he, he lives. lives. He lives within. within my heart. Yeah. Right? Terrible apologetics. Right. Right. Like if Jesus just lives in my heart, <laughs> that's not good news. Yeah. Like the, the reason why, if, if you ask me how I know he lives, it's because, as Paul said, he appeared. Yeah. He rose from the dead. Yeah. He walked out of the tomb and he appeared to people. Yeah. Like he appeared to over five hundred people. So there is this objective reality. It's right. not. It's not subjective. I know he lives because he lives in my heart, and that's my truth, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and your truth might be different. Yeah. Like it's an objective reality. This is a historical event. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, two thousand years ago, the stone rolled away. Jesus took a breath, I guess. Do, do we breathe in our glorified bodies? I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. He woke up. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he, he stood up and he walked out of the tomb. Yep. Like he, he actually lives. Um, so this, this idea of you ask me how I know he lives, he lives within my heart. That's, I, I'm not going to say that that's liberal Christianity, but it's... It's close. It's close. <laughs> it's borderline. Yeah, yeah. This guy yesterday, I like this tweet. He's a baseball baseball nut. He says, uh, baseball's, you know, they're all about stats, re- reading stat sheets. And he's like, you know, I uh, know whoever in the 1940s did this, this, and this, because I've read, I've read the stat sheets. Yeah. And baseball's real big about recording things, uh-huh. you know, especially like unique things. And he said, and uh, I know Jesus is alive because I read the stat sheet. <laughs> That's good. And it's totally perfect. Right. <laughs> like it's kind of a big thing and it got recorded. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, um, don't, don't think that this is just some subjective thing. Like this is objective reality. It, mm-hmm. It's, this is as good as reading a history book. Mm-hmm. Jesus actually walked out of the tomb on, on a Sunday. Right. On a Sunday morning, he, he woke up. And he he left the tomb because he was alive. Like a dead person doesn't just stick around the tomb. 
Mm-hmm. He, he left. He, he walked out. He, he appeared to people. So we know that he's alive. So, but if there is no resurrection, then then, he's then, not. That, then that's not true. He's not alive. Then the then the objective reality is is and, that he's dead. And then Christianity becomes, uh, as we'll see, it becomes nothing. Right. Like you can't just create some moral philosophy right. to follow. Yeah. People try, but as we walk through these, that Paul says, you'll realize you can't do it. Right. Yeah. So the second the second implication is that preaching is in vain. Yeah. It's so, pointless. So no you point. so you stood up on Sunday and you 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 talked. For about an hour. Yeah. An hour. Yeah. And if Jesus, if, if there is no resurrection and it Jesus is, is still dead, then... It's pointless. What, what's the point? It's totally pointless. I spent probably 20 hours working on this sermon, yeah. as I do every week, mm-hmm. or sometimes more, sometimes less. Sometimes, you know, it just kind of, you get into like a mental flow state. I can't describe it, yeah. and it comes so easily. Um it's all worthless. It's all yeah. pointless. I, I spent. I said I spent seven years studying the Bible, right mm-hmm. between seminary, my master's, and my doctorate. Yeah, and I wasted my time. I could have been a brain surgeon, George. <laughs> seven years of education, I could be a, like a brain surgeon by now. Yeah. If Jesus Make, making more money is not a lot. Yeah, like making, you know, like four hundred thousand a year. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like Doctor Strange, driving my Audis. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so go so piggybacking off of that that preaching is in vain without the resurrection yeah your faith is in vain yeah so it's not it's thing. not just what you're doing is worthless but what we're 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 doing in the pews that's worthless too yeah, it's vain I, I always tell people christians are really weird we show up on sunday mornings we sing songs and then we listen to someone explain a book <laughs> yeah right What's what's the meaning? What's the meaning if there is no resurrection? Yeah, it's meaningless, and that's what the word vain means. It means like empty, vacuous. It's the word nothing. that it's the word that's taken from Ecclesiastes. Mm-hmm. Vanity of vanities. Mm-hmm. Everything is meaningless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, without the resurrection, there's no right? substance to your faith. Right, you're believing in nothing. Yeah, this this uh, this religion of of Warnock, where Easter transcends. The resurrection and and by doing good works we can save ourselves. Like what? Why be a Christian if an atheist can say, "Hey, I'm I'm I can be a hundred percent on board with this. This well, the, is this is okay with me." What's the point of being a Christian? Yeah. Well, the reason that they can say that is because in their empty faith, then uh, man becomes a center of faith. Right. You become your own savior, and mm-hmm. everyone can get on board with becoming your own savior. Right. What What's the point with just to sleep in on Sunday mornings. What's the point of getting up? What's the point of, of us doing this podcast? If if Jesus isn't raised from the dead, then we're just wasting our time here. Mm. Yep. Um, all right, number four, we are liars. Yeah. So he says in verse it's in verse 15, we found we're mis, we're misrepresenting God. Yeah. We're saying that God did something that he didn't do because we're saying he raised Christ from the dead. He actually didn't do that, so we're actually liars. Yeah. And we're not just liars, we're, we're lying about God. We're saying that God did something and, that he didn't do. And God says in, is it in Proverbs or the Psalms, he hates liars. Mm-hmm. Right. So that would mean, I didn't bring that out, that would mean God hates us. Right. Because we're lying about him. Um, and I would say that that's, that's probably taking the Lord's name in vain. Yeah. Um, attributing something to God that, that God didn't do mm-hmm. would be to take his name in, in vain. 
Yeah. Like we're we're lying about God. That's that's not a throwaway implication. That's that's pretty massive. Right. Right. Um number five, we are still in our sins. Yeah. So I think that this is um maybe something we could spend a little bit more time on because the uh, the apostles they they usually lump the the crucifixion the resurrection and glorification all together as one event mm-hmm. and maybe there are people who are are listening who don't understand how that's how it all fits together yeah so without the resurrection what jesus did on the cross didn't work right yeah, um, I was trying to think through this from a couple different ways. One is like like you just said, it's pictured, it's presented as one one mm-hmm. thing. Um, uh, we know that we are forgiven of our sins because, well, as we'll get into it in his vindication, it shows that uh, God accepted what he did. Uh, Romans 4.24 says he's raised for our justification. So there's no justification if he's not raised. But think about it this way, and you think about death in the theological sense, uh, death is a result of the fall. Um, and so death spreads to all men. That's what Paul says in Romans. So we're all in Adam. He's our our head, our federal representative. Mm-hmm. But we're all in him when he sins, and so we're all guilty right. by nature of him being our, our, our representative. Yeah. But then also he says death spread to all men because all men sin. So we all sin, and every person that ever lives dies. And that's what God told them in the garden. You eat this fruit, you're gonna, you'll die. Mm. Not just a spiritual death, like a symbolic, like you're actually going to physically die. Right. And they and everyone does. They do. Just because God shows grace and prolongs their life for a long period before that happens, they still die under the curse. And <clears throat> so Jesus is to take our curse, the wages of sin is death, upon himself. And so he's to die a death for us. Mm not for himself. Right. So he dies as himself as a perfect sinless sacrifice. But if he actually dies and stays dead, if if he succumbs to death forever um and we are united to him if he is our representative, which is Christian theology, then he never actually beat death and when we die, we're still in him, and we'll still be dead too, mm-hmm. right? So <clears throat> it would make us understand and realize uh, Jesus wasn't perfect. Mm-hmm. He wasn't sinless. Right. He actually died and stayed dead. And so because he never raised, he was never raised, it, it shows that he died just like everyone else. Yeah. And that means our sins aren't forgiven. We're still in them, right? I don't know he, if that he's, he's no better than Adam. Hopefully, that was helpful. Uh, it's uh, well, it it holds the whole story together. I mean this this is encompassing biblical theology, right. like the whole story mm-hmm. fits together. So Adam in the garden, he's given a command: don't eat from this tree on the day you eat of it, or on the day you you sin by violating this command, this law, you'll die. Mm-hmm. Well, the it's it's not explicitly stated, but it's strongly implied that if he didn't eat from it, he'd live. Yeah. Right. So so death 
comes from sin. Mm-hmm. Life comes from obedience. Yes. And uh, obviously, Adam sinned, and so he dies. Um, we all we all die. Yep. Well, Jesus, he's he's the new Adam. He's the he's the last Adam. Mm-hmm. And so he's if, if he if he, he dies, it's, he dies too. He's he's just um, he's a sinner. Yep. Right. That that's the wages of sin. He, that's what you get. But if he lives, then that shows that he was obedient. Yeah, and the death he was dying wasn't even his own for right. his own sins. Yeah. Yep. So if he's dead, there's no there's no reconciliation with God. Yeah. Death is not a natural it's not a natural biological occurrence. Right. But that that's not built into the world. Mm-hmm. That's a product of the fall. Yes. And um so if if Jesus is who he says he is, then he has to then death is not going to be natural to him. Mm-hmm. It's it's not going to be the just the the biological result. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's um, it it all fits together the 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 cross and the resurrection. It has to go together. Yeah. And, and how would you know that the cross did anything? If it, if it, how would you even know? How would we know that his death accomplished anything? Yeah. If there wasn't a resurrection. Yeah, and you have to get to this when you're sharing the gospel with people. It's something I noticed about myself when I was a, a young Christian. Is I would I would very zealous and I would share the gospel with people, but then I would often remember like, oh, I forgot to tell them about the resurrection. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you forgot the you forgot maybe think, the most important part. Like, I think you know, we. I think you're right though. I, I think that um, even even in our our worship services, we can sometimes so elevate the cross because it's so glorious. I mean, this is where our sin is taken on on to Christ and and we're we're justified we we we're, our sins are taken away from us mm. um that we we sometimes forget well the resurrection is the that's the proof yeah. <laughs> like that's the that's uh that's the glorious um reality that the mm. cross points forward to is that's is right. that because he dies um we die with him. Mm-hmm. Our sin's gone. Yeah. Um, when he's buried, that's our burial. And when he rises, that's our resurrection also. Um, and I think maybe the, the problem is we, we just don't think about union with Christ right. like we ought to. That, <clears throat> that Like you said, he's our, he's our representative. And so whatever happens to him is going to happen to us. Yeah. <clears throat> and... This is uh, this stuff's too important. Like, let's not rush through it. Let's just have a mega episode. Yeah, let's just keep going. All right, <laughs> go from there. I mean, um, we're still here on this implication. We're yeah. we're still in our sins, but uh, just listen to what you said. The union with Christ language. Mm-hmm. It's so good. It's so rich and so good that we forget that Paul says in Ephesians that when Christ has ascended as mm-hmm. enthroned as King of the Universe. We ascended with him. Right. He seated us with him in the heavenly places. Yeah. I, I love Colossians chapter three. Mm. The the first several verses there is is that Christ is our life. Like stop looking at things below, fix your gaze on on the things that are in heaven where Christ is, because that's where your life is. Um you're you are as good as seated with Christ. Mm. Not because we're some kind of illusion and we're not we're not actually here, but because 
he's our representative and we're in union with him and wherever he is, that's where we will ultimately be. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is impossible for it to be otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's the major implication is if, if the, if, if Christ isn't raised from the dead, we're still in our sins. Mm-hmm. There's no reconciliation with God. Yeah. We're still guilty. Mm-hmm. And it would appear because the whole Bible points to Jesus as the answer to sin that there is actually no answer to sin mm. in the universe. Right. I've been reading through Revelation right now, and I, I just finished Revelation chapter five. And you know, you, you've got the you've got God the Father seated on His throne, and He has the scroll in His right hand. And the question is, who can open the scroll and look into it? And there's no one who can do it, except for the Lamb. Why? Why can He do it? Mm. Because He's He's died. And he's alive, <laughs> but if he's not alive, then the answer is there's no, no one. one. No one can open the scroll. Mm-hmm. No one can bring God's purposes to its conclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's we we all should join John in weeping. Yeah, yeah. Because there's there's no one. There's no yeah. one who can do it. Yeah, yeah. And so then the next uh, implication kind of flows I, from that. Well, I, th- I think that I think the next three really flow from it. Mm-hmm. Um, the dead are lost forever. Um, we have no hope. Yeah. And we are to be pitied more than anyone. Yeah. Yeah. And it just flows right there from the text, verses 18, 19. Um, the dead are lost forever. Just yeah. think of that. When um, when you die, you're gone. Mm-hmm. You're just... Uh, we believe that the Bible is true, so that means you would be just under the wrath of God forever. Right. Um but not only are you go- just so gone when you, forever. When you, so when you say that the dead are lost forever, you you don't mean that they are annihilated. You mean that they are under God's wrath, right? Like that. That's the only. That's that's the only end for humanity. If there's no resurrection, then we will experience God's judgment forever. This world is a tough place mm-hmm. for most people, especially those that don't live in the West. Uh, well, even for many that live in the West, the world's a terrible place. It's a light, you just suffer. Well, after this, there's only more. It just gets worse. The dead are lost forever. They're never coming back either, right? So all of the loved ones that you've wept over, that you've lost, family members and friends, like they're gone. You're never going to be with them again. Yeah. And that's pretty, it's a pretty terrible implication. Um, they could have been the best moral example, the best devoted Christian ever. Yeah. Your grandmother, uh, you know, a Christian for 55 years or whatever, and she died and she's gone. She's under the wrath of God, and you're never going to be with her again. Yeah. Her, her life as a devoted moral person didn't matter. Um, she's still in her sins. She's lost forever. That's, that's, that's crazy to think about. Yeah. Like if Jesus hasn't been raised, that's what's true. Mm-hmm. And, and we have no hope. There's yeah. no, there's there is no hope outside of resurrection. There's no hope in the world. Um, <clears throat> what is there to hope for? Right. You just gonna you just like here's what I've got to look forward to. <clears throat> if I don't die, like in a car wreck or something, you know, cancer's gonna get me, or mm-hmm. I'll have a stroke. Yeah. I'm gonna die old and slow. And if I die, if everyone else dies before me, I'll die alone. Yeah. Like that's no hope in this life, and then there's no hope in the life to come. Right. 
Do you think do you think that's what he's getting at when he says that we're to be pitied more than than all people? Is it because we we think that there's hope? Like we're living as if there's hope, but if there's no resurrection, then yeah. we're 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 living in this fantasy world that's going to end in a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. I mean we're and not only that, you've probably it, to be a Christian in this world's probably cost you something. Mm-hmm. Right, and it's not just in Paul's day. I mean, it's clear in, in uh, the early church that they all suffered to be Christians. Right, like we're to be pitied because this is foolish. Yeah, but that's going on today. You know, I just read an article about how China has these mobile torture camps. Mm. Now, I can't remember if I talked about it in the sermon or not, but um, they're mobile. I'm guessing so that they can't be detected by like UN or US mm. to see what's going on. Yeah. But they keep them moving, and they put Christians in there, torture them to brainwash them into denying Christ, wow. to stop being a Christian. That that was just released last week. Mm. Uh, of course, it didn't make mainstream news because right. Christians are involved, right? Well, it's People. China. Yeah. Um, and they endure that for what? <laughs> right. They're most to be pitied. Yeah. They're enduring it for nothing. Yeah, if you're, if you're uh, trying to live your best life now, then at least you're living your best life now, mm. right? <laughs> but if you're if you're giving up everything to follow a resurrected Christ and you die and find out that there is no resurrection, then you didn't even have a bright spot. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You've been the weird guy, you've been the weird family member at Thanksgiving yeah. dinners for no reason. Mm-hmm. You could have just been regular. Right. <laughs> Well, I have a feeling that some people wouldn't be regular even if they weren't Christians, Jay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. All right, number nine, Christ is a liar. Yeah. Now, people love to, even non-Christians, they love to say, well, Jesus was a good moral teacher. I like his ethics. Um. We could all we could all follow in his his footsteps. We could all all follow his example because he was a, he was a good teacher. He he loved everyone. He was inclusive. Some people want to follow his footsteps because he was a revolutionary, mm-hmm. right? Um, but if there's no resurrection, then he's a liar, right? He is. Yeah. C.S. Lewis had this famous thing: "Lord, liar, lunatic." Mm-hmm. I mean, you can take your pick of the two. <clears throat> he's either a liar or he's a lunatic. Yeah. Um, you can't trust his words. Yeah, because he said he said that on the third day I'm going to rise from right. the grave, right? And he and he said in John chapter five that there's coming a day when everyone will hear the voice of the Son of God and they will live. Yes, like he says there's going to be a general revel- uh, resurrection. Yeah, so you can't just like say, oh, okay, well, um, we'll just keep kind of the moral good teachings <laughs> of Jesus and right. we'll kind of like follow his example mm-hmm. and create a new Christianity. Yeah. No, he was he's a cra- he's crazy and he's a liar. Yeah. Like he's no different than David Koresh. That's what I said. Right. People may not may not know who he is, but he's the guy who had the cult in Waco. Mm-hmm. And he said he was the Messiah. And people followed him. Like not not dumb people either. He had like PhD people following mm-hmm. him. It was so it's so strange. Yeah. And uh, he's the Messiah and he had this community and he's a liar. They all died, you know, in the raid at Waco. But there's no Jesus is no different than him. If he's yeah. not raised from the dead, he's a liar too. Yeah, uh, a lot of people they want to to try to find this middle ground where where Easter transcends the resurrection, right. and we can still find the Christ, you know, the Christ likeness in us, in us all, mm-hmm. um, and follow 
the the moral teachings of Jesus. But Jesus didn't leave this 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 middle ground. He didn't he didn't leave this gray area. He he either is who he says he is, or he's he's a crazy person, right? Or he's uh, C.S. Lewis says he's worse than a devil. Yeah, like he, he he might as well just be following the devil for for all his lies. I um, mean, you you can't have it both ways. You you can't you can't find this middle ground where he's a good guy and we should follow him. But mm-hmm. he's not he's not he's not God. He, yeah. and he he didn't rise from the dead. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Uh, number ten. Death is more powerful than God. Yeah. I mean, this is uh, what God has told us that He's going to do. He's purpose to do in His Word. He's going to defeat death. Yeah through through Christ. And uh, if God wants to do that, but God is not raised from, or Christ isn't raised from the dead, then death is more powerful than God. Um, and that means death is perhaps the most powerful thing in the universe, and we ought to be terrified. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we, we talked about this with the Greeks. If, if Zeus can't even raise people from the dead, this, this, this turns the God of the Bible into Zeus. Right, right. He he can't. There's something that he can't do. He can't raise people from the dead. Mm-hmm. And this just leads to more hopelessness. Yeah. Right. Um, we we we've seen this. We've talked about this um, this past year. Um, it, it seems that people are so afraid of dying that they're willing to give up everything to avoid it. Yeah. I mean that that's what's going on with this uh, this COVID is people are so scared of dying. That you've got people like Fauci, mm-hmm. who he hasn't, hasn't hugged, hugged his daughter in a year. Yeah, hasn't hugged his daughter in a year. Tells you not to let kids play with each other. Right. Even though, like, kids apparently don't even get sick from this. Yeah. Um, don't let kids play together. You, you, don't hug your daughter. I mean, why, why are you supposed to wear a mask? It's because you don't want to kill people, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, you're not wearing a mask. What? You, you don't care about people dying? Not because people are so scared of dying. Mm-hmm. They're they're so hopeless, yeah. Um, and so they'll do anything that they can to avoid, um, even right. even the you know the, the slightest chance of dying. But the irony of it all is, is they are killing people. Right, because people are living in total despair, and suicides mm-hmm. are skyrocketing. Well, and that's that's the you know that's the reality is you you cannot escape death. Mm-hmm. Like you may not die from COVID nineteen, but. Um, you know, you, you may die in a car wreck. Yeah. There, you, you may just have a brain aneurysm and just drop dead. Yeah. You, there, are, there are things that you cannot avoid, and death is one of them. Yeah. We're, we're always, every time you get, every time you leave your house, you're, you're stepping into a dangerous world. Yeah, and, and death is apparently the most powerful thing in the universe. <laughs> right. If God can't beat it. Uh-huh, Right. Yeah, so you, you ought to be scared if there's no resurrection. Yeah. Right. Uh number eleven. I I don't I didn't quite catch how you how you phrased this. Yeah. But what I put down is live for today because that's all there is. Yeah. If uh if God can't raise the dead and you're you could die tomorrow, then live for today. Get as much pleasure as but you can like, today. Yeah, like like Paul writes, let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. Yeah. Just, just live just live for for yourself live for today get as much pleasure as you can uh-huh. that's um that's the epicureans right yep 
That's it. The hedonist. Yes. Become a hedonist. Seek pleasure. Get mm-hmm. all the pleasure you can today. Tomorrow's not guaranteed, and when you die, it's over. Right. So do everything you can. Now, selfish. Selfishness should rule your life if you actually, if this, if you actually believe this. Yeah. Um, so live it up. Live yeah. it up today. Do whatever you want. Um, and that, that goes into the next one. Uh, number 12, there is no justice. Mm-hmm. Now, this is... Um, for for the last one, live for today because that's all there is. Mm-hmm. That means there's no consequences. There's not. A- you may wake up with a hangover, but um, you're not going to experience any kind of eternal consequences mm-hmm. that you couldn't. Art. I mean, you you can't avoid judgment anyway because there's yeah. no resurrection. Yeah, yeah. So, so there's there's no consequences for your your bad your bad actions. Mm-hmm. Um, but then villains never face judgment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, God has said in, in the Bible that he's going to judge the world by one man, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Right. And that will be where final justice actually happens. Yeah. So people actually live this life and never face justice on this earth. Right. People should know that. Yeah. Like there are people running around America yeah. that have killed people and they're still running around. They've mm-hmm. never faced justice. They've raped people. Right. They've done terrible things to children. They live in the world with us. Yeah. And you just take that up another. Uh, you know, there's politicians who have done terrible, wicked things that have caused people to suffer. Right. And you just keep going. There have been dictators that have ruled in ways that have killed millions of people, from Stalin to Hitler to Mao, and and um, Hitler, you know, killed himself when he was surrounded to escape right. the justice of the Allies. But he never faces any 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 justice because there's no justice because uh, God. Can't do it because he said he was going to do it with Jesus, but he's dead. Right. And I mean, even even if if someone were to say he got his justice, he died. Well, is that is that really like you you think that his his death and annihilation that's justice for? Well, that's the Holocaust. Why, that's why he killed himself because he believed in killing himself. Mm-hmm. He would escape justice. Right. He thought he would just go away. Right. He wasn't a Christian. People mm-hmm. like to say Hitler was a Christian. He wasn't. No. You can look up very quickly his own personal diaries. Oh yeah, and, and yeah. He can, he used Christianity for his own gain. Yeah. Um, but he he mocked it. Yeah. And so there's no justice. Just think about that. Um, what terrible people do doesn't even matter. Right. And there's no second coming. Yeah. Without the resurrection, there is no second coming because right. who's coming? Yeah. <laughs> there's no one there. There's no one there to come. Yeah. There's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then thirteen, there is no point to life. Nothing mm. matters. Yeah. There's ultimately no point in anything. <laughs> there's no point in anything um, at all if all you have to look forward to is death. Yeah. Just think about it. Right. It, it, people usually don't think about it. this. This is. When there was a time where I didn't know if I believed in God, so agnostic. Um, this was before, obviously, before I was converted, so the year before. And what I what I found is because I have this, my mind is just kind of logical. I connect dots, like, and I can do that fairly quickly. Is the conclusion I came to is there's no point in life. Mm-hmm. There's no point in life at all. Right. I don't understand atheists and agnostics that run around like there is a point in life. The only natural conclusion is to become a nihilist, which means... Yeah, Nietzsche was, at least, he was consistent. Nietzsche is the one who said God is dead, Yeah, um, and we have killed him. 
Right. And without without God, um, there's there's no meaning to life. <clears throat> and that's why Nietzsche ultimately went insane. Yeah. I can't remember which philosopher it was. He said that um, then the only the only serious question is whether you kill yourself or not. Mm. I can't remember who it was. But that's what happens, that's, right? That sounds just, like Bertrand Russell. Just think about it, right? I'm going to live and die. My kids are going to live and die. Yeah. Their kids will live and die if they have kids. Their kids will live and die. One day, uh, everyone on the earth will die. Like yeah. It's going to end. One day, the sun will go out. Right. And everything in this solar system will become this cold, energyless wasteland. Mm-hmm. But it, but not just our solar system. That's the fate of the universe. Right. The whole universe will die a long, protracted, slow heat death, and there will just be a void of emptiness. <laughs> so nothing matters, and the only thing you can do then is to make up your own meaning to life, right. just to make it to the end, right? All right, well, happy Easter. That's the end of our... <laughs> <laughs> That's all the time we've got. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's... We need to be confronted with this. Yeah. Like the resurrection's not just a throwaway doctrine. Mm-hmm. You you cannot come to the the conclusion that Easter transcends the resurrection and that we can save ourselves. If there is no resurrection, then, then there is no meaning to life. There right. is nothing. Yeah. It's it's hopeless. Yeah. Um, well, thankfully, yeah. Paul and yeah, you yeah. <laughs> didn't stop stop there. Um even though we're we are going long, we we have to mm-hmm. we have to we have to continue. Yeah. All right. Verse twenty, he says, "But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead." Yep. So we, you really could just take all thirteen of these and just flip them. You could flip them all. Just flip all of them. Yeah. Um. You gave us seven implications. Mm-hmm. Um. To uh. To help us to understand, since Christ did rise, this is not. Just because he lives in my heart, this is an objective reality. He lives, mm-hmm. and and he lives today. He's yeah. he's alive, and and one day, in the flesh, he will come to earth, and we will see him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, what are the implications of the resurrection? So, the first one that you gave is that Jesus is vindicated. Yeah, he's he's vindicated, and the and the word that is used is in 1 Timothy 3:16 is vindicated. Mm-hmm. Yep. The great indeed we confess is the mystery of godliness he was manifested in the flesh vindicated by the spirit seen by angels proclaimed among the nations believed on in the world taken up in glory encapsulates his ministry all right and uh, vindicated in the spirit is reference to his resurrection from the dead. Mm-hmm. Right. That when God raised him from the dead he was declaring him to be righteous yeah and not in the sense that we are that's right. the distinction that has to be made yeah. uh, paul in, in romans chapter one he says he was declared to be the son, the son of, god of god with power with by power. the spirit mm-hmm. through his resurrection yeah right so he's he's vindicated he is who he said he, he is who he, he was, says he is right yeah um, he, he claimed to be the son of god here's the proof right death can't hold him and and that's exactly what uh what Peter says in the uh, in his Pentecost, Pentecost sermon, sermon in that God, God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. Yep. Yeah, uh, and so it's like God's stamp of approval on Jesus' entire ministry. Yeah. Everything he did, he is who he says he is. All of his preaching was true. His death was not 
a, his, a death for his own sin because he's perfectly righteous. Um, and we know that that's the case because he raised him from death. He right. conquered over the wages of sin as death. Well, he, he died for our sins, took that upon himself, but then he rose above it and beyond it and conquered it. Yeah. And he destroyed the power of death that it holds over us. Yeah. And so he has the keys to death and Hades. Right. Um, Hades, the place of the dead, it, it can't hold its its prey anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's burst it open, and um, those who are in Christ, yeah, they'll live. And so everything he said and did matters. Yeah. We can trust his word. So when he calls anyone to come to him, he means it. Yeah, his vindication is our vindication, also. Yes, like because he lives, his words that everyone who comes to him. They'll, they'll be saved. Right. Right. So anyone that is hopeless in the world, weighed down by just the sorrows of the world, or weighed down by trying to make yourself right with God, which people live in religion, they're weighed down by it. Yeah. He says, come to me and you'll find rest, right. and I'll give you rest, Yeah. Um, and I'll give you eternal life. I'm the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet he shall live. Yeah. We can trust him when he says that. Right. Um, and, and that just goes right into number two. Preaching is not in vain. Yeah. Like if if there is no resurrection, then you wasted your time standing up at the podium for an hour and and telling us um, all of these things. But because Jesus is alive, then your preaching is not in vain. Yeah. And not just yours, but all of ours. When we go out into the world and we proclaim, yeah, the the death and resurrection of Christ, and that there's forgiveness of sins. That is the means by which God accomplishes His work of salvation. That's right. Yeah. And how how will they how will they believe on one they haven't heard, and how will they how will they hear unless someone goes and preaches to them? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and and we can be assured that because Christ lives, that the preaching of the gospel is effective. Yeah. And anyone, I mean, this is the word preaching is here, but it, you know, this is the de- declaration language. Mm-hmm. But any anyone who shares, quote, shares the gospel, right? Right. You're really proclaiming the gospel, right? When you give this good news to someone, I mean, every ordinary average Christian, mm-hmm. when you take this message to someone, you're proclaiming a message to them. You become you become the mouthpiece of God, yeah. And it's His means by which He brings His people out of the world. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, number three, your faith is not in vain. Yeah, your faith has substance. There's something to it. You don't just have a faith in faith. Right. And I think this is a good. This is is good clarification for people because when you hear about faith, a lot of people mean kind of this faith, this leap of faith, mm-hmm. this faith into the un, you know this this jump into the unknown. Well, I it's it's kind of goes along with the um, idea of hope. When people talk about hope, they usually mean, "I hope it doesn't rain tomorrow." Right. And well, it might, but yeah. I hope it doesn't. Yeah. yeah. But that's that's not what the that's not what Christianity teaches. That's not what hope is, and that's not what faith is. Mm-hmm. Faith is more definitive. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Faith is. External, I think I believe like the faith that most people speak about today is really an internal type of thing. Mm-hmm. Faith is an objective trust in something external to you, yeah. right? 
And the illustration I've used a lot is driving over a bridge. If you yeah. ever have driven over a big bridge, well, you probably didn't um, go and question the engineers and like, you know, <laughs> right. let me see the plant where this concrete was made. Was it made to spec? What kind of steel is here? Like you didn't do any of that, right? You just yeah. drove across a bridge because you have faith that the bridge does what it is designed to do. Right. And so your faith is in an external object, even though, you know, I guess you could say, um, based off of your life, knowing it would, but uh, the Christian faith is external to oneself in that way. Um, People wrongly place their trust in their level of faith or their sincerity or how they're feeling at the time. Right. This is a problem, mm-hmm. right? And this is what I mean by we have faith in faith. Yeah, that's that's why there's so many people that doubt their salvation because, yeah. uh, well, I don't I don't know if I meant it. Right. I don't I don't know if my faith is strong enough, and they're it's in they're looking inside themselves for assurance. Right. So I tried to think. Well, how can I communicate why it's important that your fa- your faith isn't vain, right? It's not empty, that it actually has substance. The substance is the resurrected Christ. So I kind of came up with this idea of thinking about a child jumping off a bed into the arms of their parents. So everyone, probably if you have kids, have seen that, or when you were a kid, you did it. You know, you get on the bed, they're like, back up, and they jump off the bed, and they expect you to catch them. Parent catches them. And so the question is, what's the most important thing in this scenario? Is it the belief of the child that when I jump, my parent will catch me, um, and that's not the most important thing. Right. The most important thing is that the parent actually be there. And can. And can catch them, <laughs> right? They've got to be there, yeah. and they have to be able to catch them. Uh-huh. Otherwise, the child is just jumping off the bed and is going to smack on the ground. <laughs> right. It doesn't matter how much the kid believes it, Yeah. and that's what a lot of people's faith are like in the world. There are tons of believers in the world. Tons of religions, yeah, and tons of, and a lot of people really, really believe them. They they have a sincerely held belief, mm-hmm. um, and I, I think that that um, a lot of Christians fall into this deficient view of faith because we have the Word of Faith movement, mm-hmm. uh, where it's taught that faith is a force, mm-hmm. and when you speak, you're releasing that faith, right? And so, if you believe it enough, then it will happen, yeah. And um, that's that has more to do with magic than with Christianity. Right. Christianity is an objective faith in a person. Yeah. Um, and the belief that he is who he says he is, and he can do what he says he can do. Right. And that is what is supremely important, because your faith level goes up and down in your life. Sometimes it's very weak. Yeah. To where, like, you are on the verge of despair. Yeah. And other times it'd be very, very strong where you feel like you can take on the world. But neither really matters because all that matters is that Christ actually is. Right. And he's raised from the dead and he does what he says he will do. Right. It's the faith in him that matters, not right. the level of it. Yeah. If he has been risen from the grave, what can he not do? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> he, he can do all things because he's conquered the the greatest enemy mm-hmm. um and so your faith is not in vain because jesus is alive mm-hmm. uh number four this uh this goes along with it we will be resurrected and we've we've talked about this union with christ um because we're in union with him his death is our death and his resurrection is our resurrection yes 
um, and this is very big. Yeah. It's a very big doctrine. Mm-hmm. He describes him at Christ as the first fruits, and right. then and then at his coming, we are raised as well. Right. Then comes the end, uh, where he destroys all of these powers, and the question is, you have to ask, is why a physical body? Because mm-hmm. that's what that's what is getting at here. Right. We'll be resurrected yeah. like him in a physical body. Right. And of course, the reason is because God's committed to redeeming material creation. That might be hard for people to grasp if they've kind of not ever thought about these things. They think, oh, the new heaven and the new earth is just some spiritual reality, mm-hmm. but it's not. Right. It's a physical reality. A human being, what we are, is uh, we're not just spirits. Right. And so God's intention is ultimately to redeem all of creation. Yes, he's redeeming a people for himself, but he's redeeming all of creation. He declared it to be very good before the fall, and what he's doing in Christ, Christ is the beginning of new creation. He's the first fruits of it. Uh, But if we're in Christ, we're new creation as well. Um, We just don't have that body yet, and we need a body because the place where we live with Christ is a physical place. Right. That's that's an incredible thing to think about. But it's also very important because, you know, one of the things C.S. Lewis talks about is he didn't understand, he had a wrong view of Christianity. He's like, well, there's so many good things about this world that I love. Right. I don't want that to be gone forever yeah. in some spiritual place. Um, you just think about it, the things that we love to do, mm-hmm. um, just to, to, to be with other people physically, um, having a relationship with others, um, building things, making things, satisfaction that comes from that. It's, it's what we were designed to do. God created us as builders. When you, when you said that, we'll build things in the new heavens and new earth, um, Phineas's face lit up. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you made his day, Jay. <laughs> yeah, you got excited when you said that. It's part of imaging our Creator. It is. God, and the, there are two different words used for build, right, in, in Genesis. We can't build like God mm-hmm. from, from nothing. Right. But he gives us all of the material things we need, and humans are incredibly creative. Right. We can create wonders. Mm-hmm. There's no telling what we'll do in this place with our with our new bodies, make art, make music, make awesome food, have fellowship, sing, sing and have feasts. Mm -hmm. You know, I imagine that the new heaven, the new earth will be perpetually like uh, Victory in Europe Day, where all of New York City was having a gigantic party. Yeah. In my mind, that's what it's like. Okay. There's music, there's dancing. Yeah. I mean, and that's the new heaven and the new earth. It's a physical place. Right. Um, and we have to have a physical body to be there. Yeah. And so that's what God does with us. He raises us to a physical body, but it's very different. Right. It's not like this body. Right. Um, he kind of, he compares it to different types of glories. There's Mm -hmm. one glory for the sun, one for the moon, different stars. Well, this one's much more glorious. Right. The first one's perishable. It's like Adam's man of the dust. It's perishable will be raised imperishable, yeah, <clears throat> incapable of corruption. Yeah, and there's a lot of questions about what that's going to look like. I, I think that we just get a glimpse of it with the resurrection of Christ, yeah. um, the things that Christ can do. Um, we're going to be made like him, mm-hmm. and um, that's 
That's pretty exciting. And it's 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 such a better story than what is often presented as Christianity. Right. And these again, these boring images of, of just sitting around on clouds. Um that's that's not that's not what we're presented with. Yeah. We're presented with a a material reality. Mm-hmm. And we are a body soul unit. And without one, we're incomplete. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul talks about in Second Corinthians, like uh, being unclothed, mm-hmm. being naked. Mm-hmm. Um, we we long to be clothed with uh, with our bodies, mm-hmm. right? And that's what that's what God will ultimately do. He's going to He's going to restore creation to an even more glorious reality than it was in Genesis one and two. Yeah. Incapable of corruption. Yeah. It won't get old. Mm-hmm. You won't get diseases. Yeah. And it's all because of our representative, because of the last Adam. Yeah. Um, and so he he will be um he'll he'll be king. Yeah. And we'll we'll reign with him. One great thing is it'll be impervious to temptation. Yeah. Um Adam lived in this conditional state, yeah. and, but he was susceptible to temptation in this body. Yeah. In the new resurrected body, it will become an impossibility. Right, and, and that that's hard to imagine. Man, that we that I think often gets downplayed or ignored altogether. That there's going to come a day when not only will you not sin, you won't want to, and that's hard for us to imagine because we can't go a day without sinning in some form. Yeah, and having those those desires to yeah. to sin. Mm-hmm. Well, one day we won't even have a desire. Right. To sin. And that's why it becomes impossible. People right. say, well, there's no free will in the new heaven and new earth. No. <laughs> you have to understand this much more complicated thing to get, than we can get into today. <laughs> but when there is no desire for something to happen, right. all you do is freely live in obedience. Yeah. Yep. All right, number five, justice will be done. Yeah. And this this goes back to, you know, the <clears throat> the uh, the implication if there is no resurrection, then Hitler gets off. Right. Right. But there is resurrection. Yeah. And so justice will be done. Yeah, verse 24 tells us that at the end, uh, he delivers the kingdom to God after destroying every single every single rule and authority and power. Mm-hmm. And those those words, rule, authority, and power, they mean human, and they have also, also mean spiritual. Yeah. And it depends on the context, but here it means all of them. Right. All, anything in this universe that is in rebellion against God in Christ's kingdom will be destroyed and justice will be done. Yeah. So there is no person that escapes. Um, and it's going to be a resurrected justice. Mm-hmm. I, I think, again, um, it's not just believers that are resurrected on the last day. Right. There is a general revel- uh, resurrection of, of everyone. Yeah. And believers will be resurrected to glory. And unbelievers, they'll be resurrected to destruction. Mm-hmm. And I, I have no idea what that is going to look like. I, I, my kids have asked me about that. Will they be? How will they be resurrected? Will they? Will they be resurrected in these decayed bodies? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. But yeah. they're they're on, the only reason they're being resurrected is for is so that they can be judged. Yeah, um, and so they they will exist eternally in an, an unglorified body. Right. This can be comforting to people who have suffered under <clears throat> terrible. Um, abuse in this world, you know. Um, they may have grown up and 
sat under that, and then their parents died, and they think, well, God doesn't care. He just died, and nothing happened. He never faced right. uh, a judge for what he did to me. Yeah. Well, um, he's going to face a judge. Yeah. He will stand bodily before Christ, and he will receive justice. Yeah. And justice is done in everyone's case. Yeah. Um, because our sins have been judged also. Yeah. We don't get away. Right, right. Um, because they're they're judged in Christ. Yeah, on the cross, God, He poured out His justice on our sins. Yes, um, and so justice is done, mm-hmm. and we know that justice has been done because Christ has been raised from the dead. Right again, is vindication. That's right. um, we That's right. know we know that what He did on the cross, vicariously taking our sin. Um, it actually accomplished its purpose because he ro- he rose from the dead. Yeah, and yeah. so our sins have been judged. Yeah, uh, and that's that's a comfort mm-hmm. that your sins have been judged. Your there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. But it also is this um, this fuel for living a holy life, mm-hmm. and we can't continue living in sin because our sin has been judged on the cross. Yeah. Um, and so we ought to pursue righteousness and holiness. Yeah, and so spiritual realities, forces, Satan will be judged, mm-hmm. humans will be judged, um, all justice will be done. Yeah, and the last enemy to be destroyed is death. Yeah, so we know we move in then to the next that God defeats death in Christ. Yeah, we don't have to fear death. We don't have to fear death. Death, death has been defeated. Yeah, death is not more powerful than God. Um, and. <laughs> Revelation 21, or 20, uh, Revelation 20, we're told that uh, death and Hades are thrown into the lake of fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, there will be no more death yeah. because it's been destroyed. Yeah, yeah. And that's incredibly comforting, I think, especially in our day our day and time where so many people know someone that died back mm-hmm. last year of COVID. Yeah. I think almost everyone knows someone who died of COVID. Uh, old friend of yours, perhaps, or unfortunately, family members. And this is a great comfort to us when death is all around, and that's all everyone's been thinking about for the past year. What if COVID never goes away? What if it mutates into something worse? And what if right. there's something worse than it? And um, it's, we don't have to fear it. Yeah. Um, there's hope. Uh, for those who feel hopeless, the resurrection is all about hope. Yep. God can do the impossible, <clears throat> right? He can do what Zeus can't do. <laughs> right. He can conquer death and raise the dead. Yeah. Yeah, if you're if you're afraid of death and you really think about it, um you're just going to be paralyzed with fear because like we said, you, we live in a dangerous world that you can't escape death. Yeah. Um e- even if you have everything you need in your home and you don't have to go anywhere. You can just stay there and, and feel secure from all outside harm. You're still going to grow old. You, yeah. you are still, you still could get cancer. Something could happen. You cannot escape it. And if you are without Christ, then you ought to fear death. Mm-hmm. But Christ has died and he's overcome death. He's been raised from the grave. There is hope. You don't have to fear death. Mm-hmm. You turn to Christ. You cling to Christ, the one who has conquered death. And in Christ, you don't have to fear death because he's overcome your death. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, finally, the, the last one is, is the implication of the resurrection is that we know God can be known, and he, right. wa- and he wants to be known. Yeah. And we know that because of the resurrection. Right, yeah. Why would God go to such extreme lengths? Right. If all God ever cared about was justice, well, he wouldn't have sent Christ. Yeah. If he didn't want to know us and bring us into this uh, incredible, perfect relationship and union... Our God is a God of love. God is love. He's existed forever in this community of perfection, right? We'll get into that in in John 17, the end here, because it's really amazing to think about the implications of that. But just think about this. He wants other people brought into that love. Yeah. And he goes to extreme lengths to see that it happens. We've done everything in our power as humans to make sure it doesn't happen. Yeah. The story of humanity is us rebelling against him and pushing him away and running after all kinds of crazy things. Um, and God goes to extreme lengths to see that he pursues humanity. Yeah. Uh, so much so that he would become one of us. And that's an incredible story. He would become one of us and die in our place and not just die, but rise from the dead. I mean that that is the greatest sign of all signs. What greater sign could he give than that? I mean, this is what all of humanity knows no one can beat. Mm-hmm. No one comes back from death. And it's a it's a huge sign, right? Telling you God desires to be known and to know you intimately. Um that's amazing. And we don't have to guess at it. Yeah. We don't we don't have to have this wishful thinking. This empty hope. We we can know. We're we're telling you this is not maybe God wants to. God wants to no and, and the it. evidence is that he sent Christ. <clears throat> and in Christ he makes a plea. Yeah. He makes so many pleas for people to come to him mm-hmm. freely. The Bible ends on a plea. <laughs> right. Revelation. The like the final thing in it yeah. is come freely yeah. and to the water of life without payment. Yep. Just come freely. And that's amazing. Yeah. And that's the purpose of life. That, mm. that you have to wonder like life isn't purposeless. The purpose of life then is to know the greatest being in the universe. Mm. Is to know him and to enjoy him forever. Yeah. Jesus said it in, in John seventeen, right? Mm-hmm. This is eternal life that they might know you, mm-hmm. the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Yep. This yep. is eternal life. It's to know God. Yes. Yeah. And that's a ba- that's we can't not think about it that way, right? God's not just doing something that he has to do in his own nature. He does like he's got to he's got to do this. Christ has to come, Christ has to rise from the dead. No. It comes out of God's desire. Yeah. To bring you into fellowship with himself. Yeah. That should blow everyone's mind. That's right. listening. Yeah. Um, so Easter, it, it's not just one. It's not just one day out of the year. Right. Yeah. Um, it's we are Easter people. Mm-hmm. We're we're resurrection people. We are every day living in the implications of the resurrection, and you're either on the wrong side of resurrection with all of its negative implications, or you are in a right relationship with God through Christ. And your hope, everything, all, all hope is, is found in 
the resurrection of Jesus. That's right. Yeah. And so we hope that this will be a, a help for you. So next week, John 17. We'll right? finish up John 17. One more week. of John 17. Yep. All right. Looking forward to it. Yep. All right. Well, this has been a, a jumbo episode, but uh, it's been a jumbo topic. And so we hope this has been beneficial for you to think more deeply and, and clearly about the resurrection of Christ and what it means for you and for all of reality that the Lord Jesus Christ came. He lived a perfect life. He died a substitutionary death for sinners. He has been raised to life. He has been glorified. And one day he is coming again. And so we want to be thinking about these things, uh, always turning to the scriptures so that we might be more and more conformed to Christ. May this be an encouragement for you, and we'll see you next time.